Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. What's happening, everybody? We got Doctor Homebrew back on the airwaves, and with me, of course. As always, Brian Shar and Brian Cooper. What's going on, fellas? Long time no see. Yeah, hey, man. Well, I didn't see you at the Spring Brews Fest, but... Uh, no, I was at home. Kidding me? I'm not trying to catch COVID. Hiding pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I had my daughter, and it's uh, she's 14, so it's, uh, like, it's the 21 and over thing. And I would have liked to have gone. I mean, it's a mile from my house, but, you know, it's just... I'd rather... I don't... I, I like my daughter time. And I can yeah. drink beer anytime. I'll go to the next Brews Fest. <laughs> Yeah, I heard it was good though. Cooper, it was fun. Yeah, we we helped pour some beers at uh, Tasty's Tasting Room in honor of our good friend Mike McDowell, who we lost last year, and you know tried our best to carry on the tradition without him. And uh, you know, I think we we had twenty two kegs on there. Born for people, we blew the vast majority of those, and it was a lot of fun. Well, we're nice. going to talk more about that a little later on. Okay, with, you got. Um, it. You act like he yours. did. You act like he did anything at that. The, you know, we're pouring beers to carry on. The, he didn't pour any beers. Are you crazy? Well, he. he started that's the tradition. So. If that's a tradition you want to you want to carry on, it's it's not doing it. It's hiring right. other people to do your work for you. That's what it. you should do. <laughs> and were were there low hugs at Tasty's Tasting Room? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. uh, you know what there is? <laughs> five-star chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com right now and learn the best two ways to improve your beer, improve your brewing, which is cleaning and sanitizing. You can't do one without the other. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. Not a very effective way <laughs> anyway. But if you want a path to great beer, if you want a path to increase your brewing uh, ability, it's cleaning and sanitizing. you got to start with your equipment, and there's no better company that will help you doing that with uh, than Five Star. So go to fivestarchemicals.com today. All right, for the first part of the show, we're joined by Justin. And Justin, you are throwing a competition, right? So we're here to talk to you a little bit about competition and how to throw a competition really quickly because you want it to do it like tomorrow, right, or something like that? <laughs> so, What's your story, something man? Something like that. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Welcome to the show, <laughs> what's, what's up, guys? Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm Justin, uh, also known as the Beer Dad. I host the Beer Dad and Brew podcast. We've been around for about two years. Uh, nice. And uh, we had uh, my original co-host, Joshua Conkle, who was uh, huge in the homebrew community. He was the president of the Coachella Valley Homebrew Club, uh, passed away um, in a mm. car accident, actually on National Homebrew Day, May 1st last year. Oh, damn, dude. Um, Sorry to hear that. Terrible to hear and, that. And yeah. uh, he was a close friend of mine, you know, prior to the podcast and, uh, we really started uh, uh, getting things done. We started traveling and going to a bunch of breweries and we we're just having a great time. And, you know, he passed away unexpectedly and I didn't know what to do from there. And his, his family uh, 
said that it was the time of his life and they wanted me to continue the podcast. So with someone that had been on the show before, kind of just kind of sliding into his position and uh, we just keep it going on in his memory and doing the things that, that we were already doing, um, you know, talking about uh, craft brew, craft beer and home brewing. And if you ever listen to our show, it's like basically a bottle share and, and, you know, either we're at a brewery talking to the owner of the brewery and sharing their beers or we're sharing homebrew. It just depends on, what week and what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the, the chill, relaxed vibes. Yeah. Like I said, it's kind of just like having a beer with your friends, just kind of listening yeah. to people chat about it. Like yeah, we don't having, really have having a beer with, with knowledgeable people who, who care about the beer passionately. Absolutely. So, um, and, uh, when he, when he died, I, I did a huge uh, fundraiser with both GoFundMe and then we had a festival at our bottle shop. That's our sponsor. And, uh, we're going to do it again. We're going to still have the festival, but prior to the festival, I wanted to have a homebrew competition and have the judging done in May. And then at, in June at the festival, we'd like to announce the winner and the winner is going to get a uh, scholarship to Cal Poly Pomona to go to brewing school in Joshua's name. Wow. So (laughs) we're in crunch time to try to put this together, but I figured it's a good time with the the Vale Lake thing going on and there's a lot of homebrew competitions going on. So I figured yeah. a lot of homebrewers in Southern California and anywhere mm. for that matter are probably entering a lot of beers right now. So it'd be a good time to get things going. Watch out. Don't, those those don't. guys from competitive homebrewing are going to swoop in. I was just going to say, don't <laughs> tell yeah. competitive homebrewing. A crowd of locusts. Uh, known so as when, Andy when and in May okay. are you thinking of doing this beginning, middle or end? Um, I was thinking sometime middle May. Um, I already have the the spot, the, the craft lounge in Beaumont, California. It's a bottle shop and taproom. That's where we're going to have the festival. Uh, the owner, uh, Jimmy's already offered up his shop uh, for us to do the judging. Um, and um, I also have some local breweries willing to hold the beers uh, for okay. people to, to drop off as well. So um, uh, most yeah. of them are out in the desert, um, but I'm working on some closer into the Riverside area to to kind of increase. Cause I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm not driving out to out to Palm Springs. <laughs> I'm sure uh, yeah. more beer will, will, will help you out too in Riverside there. A- absolutely. They were yeah. more beer in Riverside. Uh, shout out to them. Cause uh, the last Kunkel fest, they, we had a silent auction and they donated a, a huge prize for the silent auction. We had, I think it was two torpedo kegs, a $150 gift card and some other. Oh, geez. Uh, wow doodads so we had that during the silent auction and so that was really successful like i said we raised twenty six thousand dollars for his family uh during really twenty six thousand dollars yeah that's great wow fantastic man i hope people like me that that much if i ever you know (laughs) die unexpected like that that's crazy that's awesome yeah josh joshua he was really loved in in the beer community um he's you know he's been around He, he never went pro although he had been threatened many times and the unfortunate thing is he was about to go pro uh a lot of people don't know he was the the day the day the day that he died was the day he was driving up to santa rosa to move in with his fiance and he may or may have not been looking to start in the pro profession in the santa rosa area oh Uh, man he didn't didn't make it (laughs) no so he never got to go pro although his his recipes have been made by several breweries. He's won several competitions. And then in fact, when he died, all the breweries in the desert and including a couple in Riverside County and the Inland Empire, they came to me and asked for some of his recipes and they all made tribute beers to him. Mm. Um, So that was kind of cool. 
Um, and then uh, this year, we're probably going to have a couple breweries make some of his recipes as well. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, you're you're planning this competition and you need to do it in fairly short order. It sounds like you're already thinking about some of the, the, the big picture things like where yeah. you're going to do the judging, mm-hmm. who's going to, you know, where the entry storage will be done. And you also have to think about transport. Um, you know, you have to um, if you're the, you're assuming you're the organizer, you need to decide how many bottles or cans per uh, per entry you need and then multiply that by your entry cap if you have one. Right. Um I think too in a competition like this, an interesting thing to think about is who's gonna who who's gonna want to win this prize. As far as like you know, uh, you might have a seasoned brewer that in a you know day job like you know like me that that it would be fun to go to brewing school, but I wouldn't maybe have the time to do it. So you want to figure out a way to cater it to people that that you would love to encourage to to enter it and and be the one who wins that and uh, you know people are brewing and and coming up in the hobby maybe uh, younger folks that are that have some flexibility in their lives yet and 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 looking to continue their education in some way so you know maybe go pro themselves and and that could be some you know um a way that that uh that your buddy you know passes on his legacy in another way unbeknownst to him so Yeah. yeah um that's that's some good stuff to think about and so judges of course are the the other big thing um and you have to find a good um judge uh coordinator right a lot of times you'll look to the people who are like the the key you know uh the judging people in the area i think i've i've pointed you towards a couple people already uh down near you and you probably already know some of them but um you can you know uh, talk to them and if, if they aren't able to do it themselves, obviously may be able to point you to the right people to do it. Just really networking and, and figuring out who can help yeah, you in those roles. And do I've already job. got some, uh, some feelers out there. Um, I've talked to Devin Sanchez at desert beer company and mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's got me in the right track. I actually, I, I judged uh, the homebrew competition that they did. I think was it two years ago for props and hops festival. Um, and so I, I got to be a part of that and that was a really great experience. Um, and so some of the people that I met through them or through that, um, event, um, I've sent out feelers to, so we've got quite a few people looking to, to assist. And then of course I've, uh, been in contact with Josh's club about getting stewards and stuff like that, um, uh, to help out. So there's several people interested. So I'm hoping to, hoping to pull it together. Um, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where I think once the word starts getting out officially and I start putting things out on social media, I think it's mm-hmm. going to uh, we'll, we'll probably see some some bottles showing up relatively shortly because yeah. uh, it's a big prize, you know, and uh, fortunately, I, I have, you know, we have a good a sponsor there at um, at the craft lounge that is, um, you know, helping us out with uh, giving that prize away. So by having that festival and raising money, um, so we'll be able to give that to somebody because, you know, um, some people probably are thinking about wanting to, to do it and they think, oh, well, that's a lot of money to put into something that's not guaranteed, you know? Right. But, uh, it, I think it's a great prize. I think, you know, I it just took me a while to think of something to honor Joshua and uh, something that, you know, he was extremely passionate about um, was brewing and uh, especially teaching others. So I think it's, it'd be great to have, you know, someone to go to. And from what I understand, the Cal Poly Pomona program is really good. So sounds cool. Cool. Yeah. Justin, are you planning on having this be a competition registered with the BJCP? Yeah, I think, I, I think so. So, and I was talking to Brian about it. Um 
you know, obviously I'm going to do this competition no matter what, but I want to get my ducks in a row because I feel like Mm -hmm. if, if I make it more of an official thing, it will be less chance of somebody saying, well, you know what, this, this competition wasn't fair, you know, especially if somebody I know, God forbid, somebody I know wins or uh, somebody that is like a a loose affiliate or a friend of a friend, um, you know, and then there's somebody that might say, Hey, well, you know, this competition's rigged. Like I want to, that's why I wanted, that's why I sent the message because I wanted to make sure that this competition is 100% uh, the right way. Whoever wins is going to deserve to win whoever it is. Right. Um, Yeah. So, you know, if you start on the the competition uh, center on the beer judge certification program, you know, you, you can, you can run your competition that way without having it be BGCP certified. But if you get it certified and you follow uh, to the letter of the law of their, you know, their rules, it's, even if it was someone that you knew that won, you you would still be able to say that it was done fairly and and you know that the the judging was all blind. The enter you know the the judges did not have any knowledge of the uh, the entra- entries or entrants, uh, just other than being presented as such and such style. And um, yeah, I, you know. I I can't imagine that's the thing you really would have to worry about though, Justin. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, you know, I no. I haven't heard about it ever really. Well, I can't maybe a long time ago. But also, who cares? Fuck them. Right. You but, know, you know the mean? reason why I bring it up is not in terms of whether it's going to be perceived as being fair, because, yeah, like, like JP says, I think it rarely comes up that that happens. Uh, it's just the, the point is it's it's 30 bucks to register the competition. And that will help you get judges because ah, that's okay. speaking from experience. That's one of the hardest things to do about running a competition, especially, you know, maybe a small to midsize competition. Uh and I don't, I don't know how many judges there are. I mean, we're lucky in the Bay Area that we have judges pretty thick on the ground here. Uh, some areas, they're not so much. And maybe people would come out from L.A. who might be maybe not even know you or know people that are involved if they know that, oh, I can get some points for judging this and have a fun day and then go home. Yeah. Uh, and then it also gets the competition on the BJCP competition calendar in terms of getting uh, getting entries. Another thing That's, you want to, yeah. Another thing that you want to do to treat your judges well is to feed them and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, yes. have a no a proper, starve them. You know, They're all in puppy containers. Them, yeah. Stack them five high. Leave the windows rolled up. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a competition up in the the foothills where they do you know awesome like Hawaiian barbecue or whatever. stuff like the, the chef guy that does the yeah you know, whatever. Yeah. They just like do really awesome food with and it's known for that. Treating like, too good. You treat like them too good. Them. Yeah, I, no. I remember the one that we did for props and hops. Uh, Josh was out there. Uh, he brought one of those Blackstone grills and he was making breakfast burritos. And yeah. I had never nice. seen breakfast burritos disappear so fast. Mm. <laughs> there were some hungry judges. <laughs> <laughs> and, and something else you'll want to think about in terms of uh, there's an interplay between how many judges you think you're going to have and how many entries you think you're going to get. And you can you can kind of you you can do some scaling on that based on how heavily you promote the competition, right? So let's say you know for a for a, a within a reasonable certainty you're going to have let's say twenty judges because they're friends or what you know they're going to show up, right? You can calibrate how much you want to advertise your competition. So you can back out. Okay, I have twenty judges. That means I can do this many flights. Uh, you know, they can handle this many, you know, with, with a month and a half, two months to go, you don't really have time to mess around with prelims, 
right? Probably you're going to have entries coming in in four to six weeks, uh, and people aren't going to have a chance to brew for this unless they brew something that can ferment out fast. You might get some pale ales and things like that, but you're going to be people aren't going to be able to brew some of the big styles in time for the competition. They'll have to kind of pull what's in their library or brew something lighter more quickly. Uh, you know, the the risk that you run, and my, my homebrew club uh, did a, a small competition for a while, and that was one of the early factors that, that happened for us. It's like, well, we're, we can have, we have this many judges. How widely do we want to advertise this? Because if we end up getting, you know, 300 entries, we won't have the manpower to be able to judge those and get it done. Right. You might want to think about having an entry cap just to keep it, uh, especially if it is your your first time doing it, you have maybe a limited judge pool and you want to, you know, limit it to the people that would really be able to use that prize maybe somehow. Um, yeah. Think think about all that. How yeah. How, that. When is the time to set a cap? I mean, if you, you know, if we're coming up on, let's say, three weeks to the entry deadline and you have 10 judges and no more coming in, you're like, well, then I should set the, the cap or what is that? When When does that happen? Because I imagine, you, like you said, you want to make sure you don't have three judges in 400 entries. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times you're trying to encourage judges to come in and they're registering as your entries are, are filling up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if you get get behind, I mean, a lot of people just set the entry cap up ahead of time. And they go, well, okay, I can probably get about 2,000 judges for this competition and have them okay. judge x number of flights each i can judge this many beers and not have them have to have 12 in a flight or something just like keep it reasonable like seven or eight a flight or something like that keep your judges happy give them a break with some food and get her all done but um you know it's um there's a little calculus and there's a little kind of hope and pray kind of <laughs> stuff too like well you know sometimes it is harder to find judges but uh you know like i said if you if you do a good job uh, getting the word out and uh, and we can help you with that too, as you know, mm-hmm. um, we know a lot of judges up here. Some of them are willing to travel, you know, some, some judges are retired and really just enjoy going around judging different competitions <laughs> wherever they can. And, and we're happy that competitions are coming back. So, you know, it's just going to yeah. be, hopefully definitely, definitely missed all that with all the pandemic stuff you know getting out yeah. to all these events and stuff like that i know a lot of the people down here are really looking forward to to vell lake mm-hmm. and uh that's we wanted to we wanted to go my, my new co-host and i but we're so busy this month in april uh with stuff that we have going on we're actually going to uh, uh miami florida for Irie jungle fest at tripping animals brewing wow. uh, so what that, is, what is that it's their yearly anniversary beer fest uh that they have Hmm. it's like jungle themed and they have Hmm. you know uh you know 30 to 40 breweries and all you can drink all day kind of thing uh wow geez we're going we're going out there to do some shows with some of the breweries and then and then go to the festival so should be should be fun nice that sounds great man that sounds cool some uh competitions here opening back up that haven't been on in a while where i'll be judging the uh the world cup of beer finals next week so that should be i mean it's nice, nice. to have that one back the quality of entries is really good they judge that one at faction and Almeida there so oh i love um, that brewery yeah it's up and it's you just look over the bay and it's just yeah it's beautiful that's my uh that's my one of my favorite breweries that i've ever been to like bar none and i've been to a lot uh and i always tell everybody the the view is just ridiculous and then the beer is just as ridiculous like it's yeah they're a great brewery great people i remember because actually my my aunt and uncle live in alameda Mm -hmm. and uh 
I, I was, I was up there for work in Sacramento and I got the weekend off, went and visited and, and he goes, let's, let's go to some, let's go to some breweries. I'm like, yeah, breweries here on the Island. <laughs> I remembered Almanac was there and I was like, yeah. well, well, go see, maybe we go there. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to go over to faction. And so he took me over there and I just remember just, Oh my gosh, look at this view. This is yep. crazy. And yeah, I fell in love with it and uh, had the anomaly milk stout, which was one of my favorite beers that they make um and uh several different ipas that were, i really enjoyed and after that i was like oh, i'm hooked and so now i have my aunt send me down some every once in a while. <laughs> there you go that's right, what you yeah. gotta do oh, well you know faction too i uh I, one of the well so we had a co-host early on in our show who who also passed away uh lee shepherd was my original co-judge and, and uh master level judge that i worked with for for years um you know we started this podcast in uh 2012 was it and and he was yeah sure. 2016 with Sounds us. Good. so yeah um well uh we i had to give a eulogy in the back of uh a faction back there for him sadly yeah, wow. and with his family members there and a lot of people from the beer community that he'd helped educate over the years and stuff and with the most powerful moments were like let's do a group photo anyone who's gotten you know something from their their brewing knowledge something that they you know lee has inspired them in some way in their own journey and we took a picture in front of all those barrels in the back and it was just a massive group and i mean he touched a lot of lives and i know your friend uh josh did as well so uh this is a real nice thing that you're that you're you're doing yeah. you've already done for his family and now you know passing on to another lucky brewer hopefully <laughs> well i think it, it, it's a great way to get the knowledge up because you know it, it comes around um you know spreading the love from um, another person you know and and allowing not to say like it's a story but having that sort of backstory to the the process to the reason behind it i think opens up a lot more people than yeah. than normally you know it's just another competition but like no this is like means something to a lot of people uh, and I think that's that's a great way to just kind of keep uh, keep the memory alive and, uh, you know, also spread that joy of like, you know, the love of brewing, the love of the knowledge, the love of sharing that inspiration um, is sort of the story behind, you know, the competition. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's Absolutely. good stuff. Thank you. Uh, Justin, when you are ready for this, <laughs> for this, if you get that point, uh, where do people go to learn more about it, to enter their beers or, or hopefully if you're lucky, want to sign up to be judges. <laughs> so several, several, uh, social media sites so far that, that we have just to kind of pay attention to. Um, so we're on, we're on Facebook, beer dad and brood podcast, and we'll be putting stuff on there as well as on Instagram, uh, two, two different pages, the beer dad and brood podcast page, as well as I started a Kunkel fest, uh, page and we'll be posting, uh, the information once we have all the solid dates and everything, um, People can follow those on Instagram and, and um, stay tuned because we should be getting a solid date as far as the day of the judging okay. uh, here relatively shortly. Great. Like I said, probably be uh, middle of May and on, on a Saturday because that's when most people are available. Sure. Um, so and it'll be in Beaumont, uh, California, which is uh, relatively easy access for uh, people, even if they're not in the area, because right off the 10 freeway and it's literally like a block and a half off the 10 freeway on your way to Palm Springs, uh, about 30, 40 minutes before you get to Palm Springs. So you're just, uh, just, uh, east of like the Redlands area, San Bernardino area. Okay. 
yeah so, um, kind of convenient so they can follow us on uh, on there and i believe uh i might have the the craft lounge they might have some stuff on their website as well uh in regards to the competition um and then um we'll be posting uh the drop-off uh sites where people can drop off beers like i said i know uh Devin at desert beer uh is going to help us out um, I believe uh, Lake Arrowhead Brewing, which I don't know if a lot of breweries up in the mountains would be willing to help us out as well. And I'm working on some other breweries. And like I said, more beer, I'll probably call. I think it's it's Jason, right? That's uh, at, at more beer. I don't beer. know anymore, um, actually. Yeah. Sounds like you have no shortage of, of, of people that are willing to pitch in and, and help. And, you, you know, yeah, you, you got a, a support system for sure. Talented uh, individuals from each of those to um, to help you in the various aspects of it. One thing that I will say is that one of the most critical and important parts of a competition is your, your bottle sort and labeling where yeah. you take the entries that are carefully labeled coming into you, put them mm-hmm. into whatever randomized numbering system you uh, come up with for the entries and you know take put your own labels on them and then remove any trace of what the, the brewer had left on them or you know it's just it's that moment of truth right so like a trust fall almost with your volunteers to to right. know that they're gonna do a good job for you so i find yeah. that the more specific and very detailed instructions and the more you repeat like you must take this label place it on this part of the bottle yeah, it's even better to have double, you know, one on the one on the neck, one on the, the barrel or the one on the cap, one on the barrel of the bottle, just so if one falls off or, you know, there's so many different just think of all the chances for error yeah. that this brewer did. And if, you know, you get three bottles of something and in the competition and then, well, one's like super clear pale and, a, and two are like just thick, dark molasses, it's like something went wrong at your sort. So right. most likely. Uh, you want to avoid doing the brewer that injustice of uh, having their Kolsch judged as a, you know, imperial stout or something. <laughs> um, yeah. really good, no, I, really I totally good echo what Cooper said. Yeah. I mean, this that's not the sexy part of competition. It's not the most exciting or fun part, but it's critically important. Yeah. Uh, and it it is more complex and time consuming than you think it's going to be. I, I, I remember Josh telling me he he had a lot of work that he had to do. Now, the Props and Hops Festival, I think they they had a lot more people enter than he thought. And a lot we we had advertised it pretty heavily on our podcast. And we were still kind of in our infant stages of the podcast at the time. But we still had a decent amount of listeners. And, um, you know, people were sending us messages that, hey, you know, is it OK to drop it off here or can I drop it off here? And. Uh, asking us questions about styles and all this kind of stuff. So we, we had some good traction just from our show. Um, and then of course his club's pretty popular as well, especially because they were um, fresh off of uh, doing a collab with um, gosh, I want to say it was McKellar San Diego. I can't remember who they did, but they had a member of their club um, get hit while he was riding his bicycle and they did a tribute beer to him. And uh, one of the breweries down in San Diego, I think it was McKellar. They, they uh they did a collab with his club so because that was fresh on off the heels of that i think that helped with the with the competition as well but yeah a lot of <laughs> that poor, that poor club's been through a lot jeez oh, man. man yeah yeah but there's yeah, some great brewers imagine. there uh so coachella valley home brewers club they do a great job out there especially dealing with that heat out there <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. a challenge oh, in itself. Yeah, judging in the desert it. yeah yeah that's no way i'm gonna do it all right, Justin. Well, I appreciate it, man. If there's any last little things you, you want to ask, go for it. If not, we'll let you go. Uh, uh, how about uh, 
beers as far as you guys what do you what what do you like to brew and what do you like to drink oh shit we're getting personal all uh, right cooper that's what i do <laughs> well uh right now i'm drinking a maui waui double ipa from altamont beer works uh, nice. here, here in livermore terrible um the Maui Waui is kind of a go-to and they release some different versions of it. They do a tropical one, a bunch of different ones, but um, it's just a nice, you know, um, a softer double IPA with just tons of late hop and just this, this, you know, tropical, you know, passion fruit and, you know, it's, and just, uh, you know, really nice fruity character to it all from the hops. And, and uh, you know, I just, I, I really enjoy it. It's a mosaic and citra. So for me, you can't go wrong with that. It's, it's a, uh, a nice tropical beer. And I remember when they first brewed their regular Maui Wowie, it was hard to get it. I could just like bring growlers in there. And then it took off to where like everybody here knows Maui Wowie now. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, I like, I like brewing hoppy beers. I also make sours. Um, I have a couple meads I need to make. I just recently became a mead judge, but I need to, I have some really good honey. I need to do something with, but Honey doesn't go bad, so I just feel like, oh, I can do it. <laughs> Get busy. Like, I need That's to, the ultimate I need to excuse. Yeah, anytime a homebrew can put shit off, they're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Char, answer the man's You know, I, I like drinking pretty much anything as long as it's well-made. Yeah, you do. Uh, and, you know, it's around the Bay Area. It's... Uh, Damn, he froze. The boy froze. <laughs> the boy froze. Right, right at the Bay Area. Yeah, that'll get you. I'll, I'll just continue with the, the charisms here. <laughs> no, um, I can't do that. Uh, no, um, I mean, for me, I, I personally, I love milds. I love low alcohol beers. Uh, I think they're yeah. the best. I despise IPAs and anything high alcohol. And every once in a while, I have to remind that, but... myself to just go and do, do more variety in, in my drinking. But yeah. <laughs> tasting, like just get a taster and it. taste the gamut because sometimes there's a really good brewery and you might miss out on something really fun. Yeah. Um, you know, lately loggers are coming coming up a lot and it's really fun to see some quality loggers. Uh, you know, so I had my very, very first like slow pour pills, the beer stuff, slow, slow pour pills. That's at, one of my uh, favorites. At Humble Sea in Santa Cruz. And that was like a beer moment I'll never forget. Like <laughs> It was worth the the ten minute wait, and the head was just all the way out of the glass and just stayed oh, yeah. forever. Looks like just lemon meringue pie, perfectly clear and wonderful. Awesome, Char's we back, but I think he's frozen again. So Is he uh, frozen again. Yeah, it looks like a robot. Let him go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Justin. Thanks, brother. All right, good, man. Good, so much, with, good luck with the con. Up, yeah, on the PM if you need any advice or help. But I do wish you the best of luck with this, and it's going to be a lot more work with it than you think. But you're gonna. Learn from it and do better the next time, I think. But, uh, you know, just yeah. uh, just do the best you can and, and uh, try to do right by the entrance. And I'm sure you'll do fine. It'll be worth I it. Will. I appreciate all yeah. the advice. And, uh, Brian, I'll send you once we have, like, any kind of information, I'll send it to you. That way you can share it as well. Yeah. We can put the word out with the judges up here and get you some get you some talent down there. Yeah. Sounds good. Hopefully. Thanks, <laughs> all right, Justin. Yep. Thanks, Cheers. man. All right, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to change Brian Shard's batteries. Uh, we're going to send a tech team out and uh, and get them situated. So hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Dr. Homebrew. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. We are back, and we're going to be talking a little bit about Spring Fest 
the the rundown of Spring Fest, how that happened, boots on the ground, so to speak. But uh, you know, of course, every year we have uh, Tasty's Tasting Room, where we're pouring home brews, fresh home brews, right off the tap. And uh, Robbie from uh, Club Doze is joining us. Robbie, welcome, man. Evening, JP. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. I'm getting along. Hanging in there. Uh, Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, So we thought it'd be cool to have you on and uh, and talk a little bit about uh, you know how organizing all that went, especially uh, you know in light of of Tasty uh, not being there. I mean, he he didn't pour shit at the at the fest, but he was a big part in setting it up and talking to everybody and spread the word. So you know how was was a big part of getting it all getting all going and, and getting everyone to the tent. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's those are tough boots to uh, to fill, but uh, um, you know, Justin uh, contacted me back in December, I guess it was, mm-hmm. and uh, asked if uh, those was interested in um, helping organize Tasty's Tasting Room. You know, this year for I guess context of anyone that doesn't know, Spring Brews Festivals run by the Brew Network um, used to be Winter Brews. Mm-hmm came spring brews so now it's just warmer yeah uh which is nice it's nice yeah good uh and you know uh mike tasty mcdowell uh ran a homebrew tent in amongst all the all, all, all the commercial breweries and it really i mean the first festival i went to was i don't know eight nine years ago probably mm-hmm. and it really was the kind of the center of the festival i mean you know what you were saying earlier isn't it, it about tasty i mean he brought everyone together right so yeah he would just gather everyone to come to the the homebrew tent and um there's always a great selection of beers and and um uh ciders and sometimes meads and uh so yeah justin asked us back in december if we would like to carry on the legacy um okay and yeah. get it going. Yeah. cool and uh clearly you said yeah was that something that you were uh maybe a little bit nervous about i mean now you guys have done competitions before an organized club competition so I imagine it's not that much different, but it is still it, like, did you bring gas? You know, that kind of stuff it, makes it, sure people it, have stuff. Yeah, a lot of people bring gas to beer festivals one way or another, yeah. for sure. Yeah, right. Um, right. It, it, I mean, it was, it was an instant yes. Okay. I mean, we yeah. know and love Tasty. Tasty was obviously a member of those, but above and beyond that, in our community, our beer community. Um, so it, it was a no-brainer to just say yes right off the bat. Sure organizing these things is difficult and you know i for one totally forgot that we've not really done this for two years <laughs> so so there's like a lot of muscle memory you know once you get into sort of festival season and you know as homebrewers we don't do every beer festival out there but we're invited yeah. to some of them and we pour so you get that muscle memory and you get that kind of you know you get the feel for it um and i think we were lucky as a club, we turned 25 years old last year. Mm-hmm. So the end of last year, we did do an anniversary party. So kind of between that's between Delta and Omicron. This is how I remember things now is between <laughs> strains of COVID. Yeah. Right. So right. between literally as luck would have it in that wonderful dip between those two stellar pieces of, of, of virus, uh, we did our 25th anniversary. So we kind of had a little bit of practice, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, Everyone steps up. Everyone wants to help. We we have our club has two jockey boxes, so we have eight taps uh, that we can you know to hand. We don't have to figure out who's bringing the jockey box, who has a picnic tap, whatever. We've got like all of that together. 
we reached out to Bay Area Mashers and obviously to Mad Bees because we wanted like some some participation above and beyond Doze. I mean, that was the other big thing about Tasty and and and, and how he rolled was it's not it wasn't just about one brewery or one homebrew club or whatever. It really was that community. So. Uh, we reached out and uh, uh, Brian and, and Ron, who's the president of Madsies, came and they brought their jockey box. Um, now, so I appreciate of- the way that you twisted people's arms to come in, too, because, you know, I, it's on my radar. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I, I should pour. And then sometimes things just fill in and I can't make it. But like you were talking to us early, like getting getting interest, putting the sign up sheet out there. Yeah, like sure, I'll put a keg in and and come pour some beer with you, and uh, you know I even volunteered for part of the festival and and had a little little fun, just you know a little break from the constant like sampling and just kind of being a part of, like people coming in and out of there that thanked me for volunteering and stuff. It was nice. It was like such a chill vibe at this whole event, and I was one thing that I was just the proudest of, and you did a great job with the uh, the tasting room, but uh, you know it really was the focus of you know, the center and we yeah. had a large area and people just standing around. I would bring people from other booths around to taste some beers and, yeah. and talk about them. And everybody there was enjoying it and asking where they could, where they could buy the beer. Or yeah. T- well, that, that, that's the funniest thing. I mean, as a home brewer, right. It, it's wonderful to pull your beer to the public. You know, yeah. everyone says about giving beer to your friends and they always love it, whatever. Da, 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 da. But like when you have some random stranger and they're drinking your, you know, your beer out of a glass that you pour them, it's cool. It feels cool to do. It does. You get to pretend to be professionals for half a second. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, right. it, and it's awesome. Um, Without all the liability. And, but the, the funniest thing is when people are like, so where can I buy this? And you're like, you can't. Get back, get back to the end of the line and come back and get another glass. That's the only way you're going to get some more of this. Yeah. And people dug that and it's, you know, it, it was, it was again this year. And I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think uh, Justin and, and and Bevo and all the organizers at the festival would agree. We still had the longest lines again. It was just oh. constant. Um, we had 21 beers and one cider on. So we had like a huge array um, of different styles. JP, you'd have been happy. There was like dark milds and English gold nails and like a lot of, you know, Check pale lagers and a lot of low ABV stuff. It wasn't just all like triple hazy oh. IPAs or anything shit like Thank that. It was God. a huge range of styles. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's fun. Now, it's is fun. that is that stuff that people wanted to bring, or is that stuff that that you uh, were like, hey, let's let's broaden the horizon a little bit, or is that, it, what, is that what people are just brewing now in in general? I mean, I think. You know, we're lucky in Doze, we have a lot of members, so uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different styles that are being covered. Um, so I think that's part of it. No no one, we didn't we didn't set out any kind of mandate about what beer style people should brew. The only the only the only mandate we had, and we're gonna change it next year because we realized there really should have been a second beer that should have been there. Mm-hmm. So, so Paul Brown, who I think you guys you guys know obviously yeah. next president of Doze. He brewed uh, Janet's Brown. So we had a keg of Janet's Brown. Oh, yeah. Uh, there. And I think, assuming assuming you guys have us back next year, um, uh, next year we'll also do a blind pig clone. That just, you know, as something of meaning in tasting world, that would seem appropriate. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, people, people just, you know, people brew what they want to for the festival or they have beers around. So, I mean... 
I pour, I brought my English barley wine. That's not something I'm going to, I'm going to like brew once I hear about the festival because it's, you know, it takes a year to age and whatever. So it was a keg that I had. I wanted to serve it at a festival. This was the perfect event to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's a mixture of the two, really. The, 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 the hardest thing, and I don't understand why this is the case, but getting brewers to tell you what the name of the beer is, <laughs> that's the hardest thing. <laughs> I had to make up a name for mine. Uh, we ha- yes. Well, yes. Because the real name is it- too offensive. You can't <laughs> say it on the radio. You, you, your, your, your beer would not have been called out on the stage at GABF, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that is. It's either it's either they don't have a name, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know." It's the you know Dave's Pale Ale, man. I don't know, or it's yeah, some weird like uh, you know insult to their neighbor. And it, and that's that's anything's fine. It's just when you're coming, like you know, you were talking about organizing competition earlier, and that's a lot of work. Organizing a, people at a beer festival is a lot of work too. And there's just certain things that if you know. Mm-hmm. And, then it just makes it a lot easier beforehand because like you know we've got to like write the beer board and we've got to like do all this stuff and you want to be set up you know ahead of time so that people at the booth can like go and meet other brewers before the you know that's part of the perks right you get in early so you can go and like meet the other brewers before like the whole crowds get in there you can have this whole like top this whole thing so you just want to be you know you want to be on top of it and you want to be organized and i and i think you know again we're, we're a little bit rusty because of the uh, pandemic but you know that said i think actually everything um went pretty smoothly and we were like ready on time and you know you always have like jockey boxes never work properly that's just they really don't time. man no they don't just <laughs> pain yeah. to pour beer properly we yeah. had one that was pouring really foamy that sorry about that <laughs> the, yeah that the, yeah that, the that, one, that one had issues but then one of our like we have two jockey boxes that are yeah. the same they're built the same they're the same component <clears throat> one of them works fine and the other one there's always a problem <laughs> and they're exactly they're basically yeah. exactly the same jockey boxes so there, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it yeah but, but just just the logistics of getting a lot of beer into a lot of people's hands you know you did very well at that for a while the line was getting long and i was getting kind of concerned i was like oh we need to go out and like pour beer for people out, out, out the line but then you know i mean people wanted certain things and they didn't necessarily want what we were trying to bring out and pour there so but later you guys were like you really have to like rope people in, like come up come up come up step up get oh up, yeah you've got to be brutal you gotta like, motivate them you're like this guy doesn't know what he wants so you behind you look like you're thirsty skip around here's beer mm-hmm. yep. it's, i mean it's work it's a job you know? it's, it's like herding cats yeah it, it is like herding cats um but it's but it's a lot of fun you but know? they're fun cats to talk to and they they really are interested and they come back and try one then they try another and they they experience and, and the the brewers were, were bringing their a game i think that i mean there was a solid, I, all I really, the beers were great all the beers were solid yeah i, I, I didn't get drunk any of them try all of them but uh just well, i just like oh let's test, taste this check pale or early in the day it was fantastic like wow, that was yeah. that was one of the standout uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'm a little biased because of the yeah no UV and whatever but it really was a great lager just clean <laughs> yeah and, and then people come around tasting my sours and talking to me about my weird sour baking things and yeah. you know pavel pavel's side the the passion of the pavel um, yeah the, the, the <laughs> cider that that he made was killer i mean Everyone, everyone stepped up and, and brought their egg. I mean, JP, next year maybe you can make an oatmeal stout for Tasty's Tasting Room. I'm just saying. Hell no, that's work, dude. Uh, yeah, but you've got a year. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's true. I do have. Yeah, I mean, that's a timeline I could probably work out. 
we'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. You have a machine that can make the beer for you. You just push a button. Yeah. You know? it, it'll take you a year to come up with the name. So that's the problem. Well, the, yeah, well, <laughs> JP's oatmeal stout. Like I brewed it at uh, on Jamil's pilot system a couple months ago, and by brewed, I mean showed up for an hour. And um, Jamil's like, "What do you want to call it?" I'm like, "I don't know." JP's oatmeal stout. <laughs> it's like, okay, there you go. It's not really good sales name, but whatever. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like it was a hit. It sounds like uh, Tasty Taste Room went off pretty well. Uh, it did. And it sounds like everyone uh, was able to, you know, come together and get you beers on time and get all the stuff you needed and, and you know, homebrewers working together. Was it just Doe's or did you put the call out? Was it everybody? I actually don't really don't know how it uh, works. So Doe's, Bay Area Mashes, and Mad Z's with, okay. the, with the, the, the three clubs. And, and again, you know, hopefully next year we can broaden it out a bit more Yeah. Mm-hmm. to other Bay Area clubs. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, I'd love to have like a cask, you know, a cask of something on is always fun at a festival. Those kind of things are oh, you know, yeah. just, you know, more fun to, to do. The spectacle yeah. of tapping a cask is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but, you know, tasty. I hope we did you proud, mate. Um, you know, I hope you look down and smile in the lines. And yeah. that's really like, that's why we did it. So there you go. Did you um, get around and do any tasting yourself? Or were you too busy running the booth to go around to some of the amazing breweries that were there? Uh, I, 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 I very, very early on, I stopped at a couple of places and then that was about it. Yeah. You yeah. don't, it's not, it's not, you don't go there to go and necessarily drink at all of the booths. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah, I did. But, I definitely did. You know, it's yeah. cool to like see Brian Hunt running around with like cans of death and taxes and, you know, all of that. It's like, it's just, it's just great like beer community people watching. Yeah. yeah it's a spectacle yeah, we, in and of itself. Yeah. Absolutely. We chatted yeah. with him at the end of the day. I came home with a little bit of, Oh, well don't tell anyone, but yeah, <laughs> a little bit of death and taxes in my fridge right now. So nice. Which everyone should have some death and taxes in their fridges. Okay. Yeah. It's good yeah. stuff. Absolutely. Fucking great beer. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's a, the first time I ever had it, it was at a, um, a, uh, a diner in Katati, which is like a little suburb of like Santa Rosa, Petaluma. Right. It's like right there. Right. A little sleepy, I don't know, bedroom community. I don't know. Uh, it was at a diner uh, for breakfast. It was 11 o'clock in the morning. Had an omelet and a pint of death and taxes. And it was the one of the better breakfasts I've ever had yeah. in my entire life. <clears throat> Works. Well, I also got to tell him a story about um, my first date with my uh, soon-to-be wife. And uh, we were at the Bistro in Hayward. And uh, she ordered a, a tipple, Moonlight Tipple. And... Uh, then we were wildly gesturing and somehow I managed to spill it on her. I tipped the tipple on to her. She like just had this moment where she's like, okay, I can get really freaked out or, and you know, not, you know, just not let this happen or just, ah, I kind of like this guy. So let's just uh, let the, let that one roll off, you know, yeah. so to speak. And I was like, ah, but yeah. So I tipped a tipple. It's on probably her. both. We're married uh, now. So this day. So yeah. You got to hear that story. That was kind of fun. That's good. <laughs> but there's also just so many different, you know, beer knowledgeable people there. And it was just a great and, day. Br- and brewers that turn up. I mean, you know, that's the, you know, another great thing about festivals, right? Is yeah. you want, you want to, you want to be at the ones that the, the, the brewers or people you know, literally like have founded the brewery are there. And you can just like talk to them about the beer and say, thanks for making the beer if you'd like it or whatever it is. And it's not just a bunch of sales reps or whatever. And, and, and that's fine if you just want to drink the beer, but this is a, it's a community thing. And, you know, again, to go back to the Tasty Tasty Room, that's what that is, but that's what the whole 
festival was and 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 you know that's certainly why why I love it why Doze loves it and why why there wasn't a second thought about helping out and then we just figured out the rest yeah. kind of after saying yes <laughs> <laughs> for sure thanks for doing it man yeah uh, thanks hey, Robbie yeah, appreciate we'll it man yeah, yeah absolutely um, alright well we'll let you split man go enjoy the rest cool. of your evening thanks guys appreciate right, it thanks for chatting I'll thanks, see you around Robbie. All right. take it easy uh, alright we are going to take uh, our last break we're going to come right back and uh, wrap things up here and Dr. Homer hang on we'll be right back Now, back to the examination. All right. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. Um, hey, JP, how does yeah. someone get a beer on this show if they want to um, send something in? I don't know. Brian Shard, you tell him. You haven't said a word in like an hour. <laughs> That's because my internet kind of cut out for about 10 minutes there. You know, yeah. I my internet was great until my internet provider got bought by some other company, and now it's been out for like, chunks of time multiple days in the last yeah. week so I, I may be changing my internet in the next uh, month or two if this keeps up we'll see there you go but uh, how i believe we get beers on this show by first you the listener must brew them uh and then <laughs> you would send them a, a send an email go. to brian at the brewing network.com <laughs> that's right yeah and you could even send him an email before you brew your beer and ask him, hey Brian, what, how do you feel about a uh, you know a smoked uh, double goza? And That's Brian with an eye. I'm not going to turn down any beer, by the way. I say smoked double goza. Yeah, send it. Yeah, send and it I know, it, like know. for me, I'd be like, oh hell yeah, send a smoked double goza in here. I'll yeah, drink the hell it. out of that. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Chicken flavored beer. Okay, yeah, send it. I don't care. <laughs> beer with yeah. actual raw chicken in it. No, don't don't do that because. This, this is Dr. Homebrew, not Dr. Salmonella, and we don't really know how to treat Salmonella other than go to a licensed medical practitioner. Right. Yeah, we want to be here for the next show. Yes. Well, I mean, sort of. I mean, be alive for the well, the next show happens, not necessarily maybe be on the next show. You know what I mean. Yeah, Brian <laughs> at thebrewingnetwork.com. Yeah, for sure. Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. And, there you and go. we'll take pretty much any beverage, you know, like Crystal Light. You just kind of shake some of that powder into some water and bottle that up. We'll take yeah. sake. We'll take beer, wine, hard seltzer. Why not? Yep. Okay. You got it. Not uh, alcoholic beer. Also, the, the hazier and the more uh, IPA-like you can make it, mm. the better for us, yeah. please. That's good stuff. I love like that Like double, double hazy IPAs. All I want to show is just those. Just hazy Pilsner. That's a good one. Yeah, Hazy no. Pills. I've seen those. I don't want it. I don't want anything like that. I believe that's a Keller beer, and those can be really good. I barely want Double. beer right now. I'm sort of like not drinking anything. I sort of Double don't dry care. dry hopped water. I don't know. There's man. nothing wrong with taking a break from beer for a while. It's That's cool. Yeah, like I, I think that's why I like the non-alcoholic you know, vibe that's happening right now. It's because I can yeah. I can have a beer when I don't want just another carbonated water. You know what yeah, I mean? Or, it's like, oh, okay. yeah, eating like every beer you drink is like eating a donut. <laughs> you think yeah. about that too? Yeah, okay. I mean, it's a calorie thing too for sure. But uh, yeah, it's um, I don't know. I'm into it, and uh, I don't know when I'll stop. But uh, yeah, I don't even just like wine or whatever. I'm sort of like not really feeling alcohol lately. That's cool. Can't stop, yeah. won't stop. I don't know, I guess. Anyway, that's my weird yeah. vibe. Um, but we can't, right, stop, can't stop stopping. I well, mean, that's, that's what I mean. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it. And then, um, yeah, I guess we'll see you in April sometime. we got to plan that show and 
figure out what's going on there. And again, if you want to send in beers and you want to help make the show the best thing for you, Brian at TheBrewingNetwork.com. Send us some, uh, some homemade fermented nonsense. All right, we thank, make you want to get weird with us? Yeah. 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 Thanks a lot, everybody. Yeah. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Cheers. Cheers.